and a half, and then my little girl Callie is six and a half, um, and they definitely keep us busy. Um, if you know them, you know that well. Um, Today we're going to look at a couple of things. Um, the Truth About Your Body is the name of the talk, and um, it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, we're going to look at what the world says is beautiful, and then we're going to compare that to what God says is beautiful. And then I'm hoping to send you away some, with some practical things um, on how you can and raise the next generation and your children and having a healthy view of, of beauty and food and things of those nature. Um, and let me start off by saying, this is my caveat, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a personal trainer, I am simply somebody that was an athlete my whole life. Um, I studied kinesiology in college, and then um, post-college I went to work for the Telos Fitness Center, which is a, um, a fitness club that believes in lifestyle change and not just following the latest fads. They're not about your money. They're about helping you um, be the best that you can be with what you've been given. And so I've just been surrounded by that my whole life. And then, uh, you know, myself struggle with body image things, as all women mostly do, some more than others. And I was probably right up the middle um, with that. And um, I, I definitely believe that God has something to say about this in his word. And so that's the message I'm hoping to communicate to you guys today. Um, so first of all, beauty, what is it? Um, first of all, it's not. Sometimes it's best to define things by what it's not. Beauty is not an idol. It's not something that should be most important in our world compared to the other things we're going to look at today. Um, it should not be an obsession. Um, on the back of your notes page, there's um, some information about exercise obsession. Um, that's very... Um, I didn't go over all the different things that are out there, but just glance at that, and if that's you, um, let's talk afterwards. But if not, that's no big deal, so just flip it over and write some notes. Um, we are to honor God by being good stewards of what we've been given. Um, that you know has to do with our finances. That has to do with our talents. And I truly believe that has to do with our bodies as well. So although beauty can't be an idol, it can't be something that we covet to be what the models look like, that's unhealthy. Um, it's also something that we just can't ignore because um, we need to be good stewards of what we've been given so we can honor God with our bodies and whatever that looks like, being there in the long run for your families, um, serving and loving God well by loving others, and you have to have a body that's able to do that. And so somewhere in this big spectrum of what the world says it should be and what God says it should be, there needs to be a good balance. And so... Um, that's part of the definition. And then lastly, if you're married, um, and most of you, I assume, are, um, your bodies are for the enjoyment of your husbands. So you might cringe at that um, right now in our stage of life because we don't necessarily care for the way that we look. Um, but it is something that we can embrace, just like that song says, if you don't like it, it's time to embrace You can't hide it, so it's time to embrace it. Um, our bodies are for the enjoyment of our husbands, and so we need to learn to embrace that even if we're a little squishier than we care to be right now. Um, so go on, can't hide it, so you have to make peace with it. So I, my friend sent that to me, and I probably forwarded it to half of you in the room, and I just laughed out loud because um, that line, you can't hide it, but you have to make peace with it. Honestly, the Lord really used that to convict me um, because I'm not at peace with the way that I look. And, and ask my husband, there are times that, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm squishy here, and you're pinching things, and you're moving things around, and you wish this was smaller, and, and this wasn't, you know, more clear, and you're just fidgety, and... Um, and that, that silly song, the Lord used to convict me with this line because he's like, you can't hide it today. You know, there's things we can do in a healthy perspective, but I can't hide it today. So it's time for me to make peace with that and embrace 
my body of two children and my youngest one is six and a half months old. Like, it's time to embrace that instead of wishing I were different or looking forward till five more months or however long when I'm done nursing and you know, the last weight falls. You know, instead of just thinking about, I can't wait till a year and a half old, whenever, hopefully it'll be all gone. Like, I've got to embrace where I'm now. I can't, I can't wait until then to be confident with who God has made me. Um, so I love that line. Um, oh, so we're supposed to find security in Christ because the world is telling us something differently. And um, we're going to watch this real quick. I mean, doesn't that just make you want to cry? Um, when you splice together, as they did, all the beauty messages that we get from media, I mean, we're supposed to be... Younger, thinner, firmer, softer, wear less clothes, flat tummies, perky bottoms, perky boobs, flawless skin, hairless bodies, and tanner. I mean, it goes on and on and on of what we're supposed to look like. I mean, come up with something that you're dissatisfied in your appearance, and there's some cream or some surgery out there to fix that. And so that's the messages we're constantly receiving. So it's no wonder when you've had a baby and you're six months postpartum and you put on your pants and you have, you know, muffin top hanging over, you're like, mm, and, you know, you want to hide it and you're uncomfortable and you're fidgety, like, because the world is telling me that that's ugly. And it's not, like, you might think it is, but it's really not when we look at what God finds as beautiful, which we're going to cover next. So that is what the, our society is telling us when most days we feel like this. <laughs> Just take that in, take that in. Animals, kids, on the phone, angry, like, life is hard. And our clothes are like this. Like, our attire is now not for us. We have pool toys on our ears, and our hands are a cup holder. Our purse is no longer a purse. It's a trash can, seat cup holder, diaper bag. You know, like, all the things that go in there. The toys, the entertainment for our kids, like, our feet, or teethers. Like, I just think that's hilarious. So, anyways, that's what we, um, that's what we feel like most days. And so what kind of beauty should we be seeking? Um, this is where we're going to spend a lot of our time this morning. So, so we've obviously looked at what the world is telling us beauty is and thinner, younger, all that kind of stuff. And that's not, um, if you aren't aware of that, that's not what God finds as beautiful. And so we're going to dive into this. Um, my favorite verse of all times is Proverbs thirty-one seventeen: Strength and dignity are her clothing. She smiles at the future. And if you've known me for quite some time, that was on my tagline in my email for years. I mean college years when we met I mean on there forever because I love what it says strength and dignity are her clothing not Abercrombie and Fitch and Gap or whatever you know it's not that is her clothing she is clothed she is strong she is not weak she is someone that um, in a situation she can handle her own like she's strong she's dignified and she smiles at the future she's not anxious she's not worried she's not timid she's smiling because she knows the future is in someone else's hands that is not hers. I love that verse. Um, 1 Peter 3, 3-5, don't be concerned about the outer beauty of fancy hairstyles. This is NLT, by the way. Fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. I mean, how, how that is so today. Um, and you should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfanny beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. So, gentle and quiet spirit, what does that mean? Um, I think of... Um, when I see that, am I a woman that um, is boisterous? Am I, am I a woman that nags my husband? Am I a woman that has a sharp tongue, that um, is, is piercing with my words to the people that I'm around? Or am I gentle? Am I kind? Am I compassionate? 
um, am I someone that wants all the attention, or am I someone that is, is humble and, and lets God get the attention and the um, praise that he deserves? So are you, covering your, are you more concerned with the way your hair looks and the jewelry and the outfit you have on and how you fit in, and are you hip and in style? Are you more concerned with that? It's okay to think of those things. I'm not saying you shouldn't, and that would be kind of silly. I don't think we'd be able to not think of that. But are you more concerned with that over being a woman that is concerned with having a beautiful spirit, um, one that is gentle and compassionate and kind um, and is not, doesn't have a sharp tongue and piercing with her words? Uh, moving on, I love this. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. So, I mean, think like Bible days. They didn't have the creams and the lotions and the self-tanners and the tanning booths. They didn't have all of that. Um, So instead, they made themselves beautiful by trusting God and accepting the authority of their husbands. Clear and simple. Um, So I ask you, do you trust God? Do you accept the authority of your husband? And you might nod, yeah, yeah, I do. But is it obvious, if I were to ask him, is it obvious to him that you do? Um, When he asks to lead the family in a certain way, are you bucking him every step of the way? Or are you, you listening and being prayerful about it and, and going along? And I'm not su- suggesting that you go along with every whim, but if you're prayerful about when to speak up, that's a little bit different than being someone that um, just bucks him every step of the way. Um, moving on, wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you should desire should compare to her. Um, once again, nothing you desire should compare to, to attaining the wisdom that God preaches in his word. So um, I think of Judy Wimberly. I think a lot of us know her. I mean, if I could have her in my back pocket all day long, I'd be set for life, right? The woman just, everything that comes out of her mouth, it's like Holly and Millie and Jill that are our mentor moms, like, there comes out of their mouth. I just want to record it everywhere I go because it's so, it's so wise to think about and not to think about the here and the now, and we're, we're in the stage of burp rags and nursing and, and diapers and waking up five times a night, or, or I did it last night, yay! You know, like we're in that life stage right now, and we can be so consumed here, but what really matters is, is the future, and that's what wisdom, it shows us the future. Um, it helps us to see the big picture. And so are you someone that is more concerned with, again, losing that last bit of your baby weight? Um, concerned with the way you, you appear to the outside world, if you're more concerned with that than your desire to be a woman that is wise and godly, I would suggest that your, your view of beauty is out of balance. Um, moving on, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus. Um, I think my husband received the best compliment of his life from his brother um, who told him that he smelled like Jesus. And you let that sink a little bit. If you... If someone told you, man, you just smell like Jesus. When I'm around you, you ooze his love, his compassion, his kindness. But you speak the truth in love. You're not afraid to speak up and say, eh, that looks a little off with what we're proclaiming to live like. Um, do you smell like him? Or do you just smell like, um, what perfume do I have? Estee Lauder uh, Pleasures. Or do you just smell like Pleasures? Do you just smell like the clone you have on? You know, you want to <laughs> smell like um, you want to smell like Jesus. I think. Um, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, strength under control. All these things. Again, focusing more on less on how many times you change your clothes today. Mine were three on my pants. Uh, like, and less concerned with 
about how you, you change and you dress and the things that you wear and more concerned with how you treated your kids that day. Did you give them the patience that they deserved instead of being focused on your own tasks and projects when they're tugging at your milk, mommy, 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 I want my milk, I want my milk. Will you, sh- just a minute, honey, sh- just a minute, honey, just a minute, baby, I'll be there. Like, or were you like, yeah, honey, let me get that for you. Like, or were you more concerned with checking your email or Facebook or your iPhone app or whatever you're doing than sitting and, you know, playing with your kids? Because as um, Jill told me on Monday, you're going to want that back when they go to school and kindergarten. You're going to miss getting to sit in the floor and playing trains and Barbies. And for me, it's Lightning McQueen and Sheriff and all those characters, like, are my world. I've learned to draw them really, really well. Um, like, instead of being like, oh, not Lightning McQueen again and having to draw him, instead of being like, I'm not going to get to do this in about three years. Maybe next year he'll be over cars. Who knows? But, you know, soon enough, it's not going to be, Mommy, draw this. It's going to be, Mommy, can I go to my friend's house? Mommy, can I go over to Katrina's house? She's more fun than you. Like, he's going to be asking to go do that. So... Are you being compassionate with your kids? Are you showing them patience? Are you being kind? Are your words kind with your husband, um, with your friends, with your family, with your peers, with your community group, with whatever you're involved in? Or are you like, ah, they're calling me again, or oh, I've got to go take care of this? Like, what is just your attitude? Is it? Is it? Are these words describing you? Are you more concerned with the humility of? Um, a lot of a lot of women are working part time and, and are staying home these days because they're choosing that path. Um, are you? I'm speaking to myself here. Am I, I humble about that and content with that decision, or am I looking to prove that I have value and worth because I also do these other things on the side? Like, you know, like, or is my am I I'm humble about the decision that my husband and I have made? Um, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Again, I mean, I'm just. I'm blowing the horn over and over here. Um, lastly, you created me um, in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I just love that verse. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, which is where fearandwonder.org came from. Um, do you believe that you are wonderfully made? That you, in the way you are, who you are, your natural talents, your gifts, your hang-ups, your issues, do you know that full well, that his works were wonderful? Can you look in the mirror and say, Lord, you made me. This that you created is wonderful. Do you say that on a regular basis or do you look at yourself and think, oh, I wish my booty was smaller again or I wish my muffin top was gone or, you know, my skin was clear. Or again, like you're just focusing more on the images that the media is telling us is beautiful or are you truly looking and going, you know, now, today, the way I look, God, I am beautiful to you more than ever if I am pursuing these things of compassion, kindness, gentleness, loving, my serving others. Because you might be a supermodel on the outside, and frankly, all of you are gorgeous, and you look that way, but if you're treating your husband and your kids and your friends and your family just ugly, um, then God doesn't care about the way you look, no matter how beautiful you are. Um, he cares more about what, what's on the inside coming out. And I know that's cliche, like it's what's on the inside that counts. But it is. Like, we teach our kids that, so why don't we believe it? Hmm? Um, okay. <laughs> Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. So going back to our video, like, it was all about wrinkled ladies, should put cream on it. Um, that's just hilarious. Um, 
But and, and we're going to get there. Like, make no mistake, we might not be wrinkly now, but give ourselves 30 years and more tugging on, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You're going to be wrinkly. And so know that beauty is going to flee. Um, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised forever um, by their children and by their husbands and, frankly, by the Lord. Um, so are you getting this? Like, are you getting this? Like, I go on and on and on, but he's more interested in the beauty of your heart than what the outside looks like. And again, if you are, you all are beautiful on the outside, but if you are together here and your heart is not compassionate and kind and gentle and all those things I'll say again and again and again, it doesn't matter. So you've got to have a balance there um, of that. So um, if you're still not convinced, we're going to look at one last video because I'm a video person. So, if you look at if you're not convinced, like she she looked like us when we woke up, probably no makeup. Maybe my hair was probably greasier, but you know, like she didn't look much different than us. And she had the makeup artist and the hairstyles and everyone there, and all these the the lights were perfect and everything, and the pictures were gorgeous. And they still changed her, like they still made her neck longer, her eyes bigger and closer maybe, and her hair was fuller, like. She was so beautiful, and they still, that message is she wasn't beautiful enough. She had to make her look like something that people, like, now we want to be like her, but it's physically impossible. Like, we can't have longer necks overnight, you know? Like, it's just not, that just message is just so distorted. And so, if you're not convinced, hopefully you are now. Um, okay, so we've talked about, obviously, rejoice in what God has given you. Be a good steward of it um, with what you have now. Embrace it. I can't hide it today. So it's time to embrace it. And so we're going to move on to um, how do you be a good steward of your body. And this is where it's going to be very practical information. So take notes if you want to. Um, it's very practical. So I hope it's not boring. Um, I have now, and now go throw away your health magazine. So another story. Um, I get that. I did used to, I used to get that health magazine. It's, there's nothing really bad about it. It's like Maximum or something like that. But my husband pointed out to me, um, once again, um, that... He's like, every article on that front cover is about thinner this, smaller whatever, flatter tummy, smaller bottom, you know, best abs in 10 days. Like, the message that I'm receiving is I need those things. And although some of it is practical and it's nice to have a little article that I can go and do these four exercises at home when I have 15 minutes and the kids are sleeping, or it's nice to have that, but it's so stocked full of the beauty media messages. So my encouragement to you is to throw that kind of junk away like the articles might be helpful but not it's not worth sabotaging your brain with that message of what you should look like so throw away your health magazines and I'm going to say throw away your scales um I do not own a scale I will never own a scale um especially since I have a daughter now um get rid of them because as you know if you've been on one it's hard not to go back the next day and the next day and the next day and now, I ate a lot last night, and I wonder if I've gained a pound, and you stand up there. Like, it's just a bad cycle to get in, so I would just highly, highly recommend you to get rid of those, especially if you're going to have daughters, um, because someday they will be hit with that. And, um, and I know of a young lady that um, her parents put a scale, like the, the height, the like doctor's office style, in her bathroom. It's like antique, and it's cute, and it's, you know, for decoration, but I'm like, are you kidding me? Because... Every day, three times a day, she's on that thing, and she's a senior. Like, that's just sad, you know? So just get rid of them. 
Um, that's my suggestion. So again, the, now we're going to go into some practical stuff, so I, please don't. I hope I don't bore you to death. Um, diets, they're, it implies a short-term fix. Get rid of it. It shouldn't be part of your vocabulary. It shouldn't be something that you do. I'm not a fan of diets. Um, even if you get to your ideal weight with SlimFast, um, you're not going to stay there. If you can't do it for the next 15 years, don't. Like, it's not going to be something you can maintain. Like, you might lose the weight immediately, but somehow you've got to um, adjust your lifestyle eating habits so you can maintain that. So just diet scratch. Um, it's all about making good, um, good choices. Nursing mommies and take plenty of calories for your, your milk supply. I think like half of us in here are probably nursing. Um, so, I mean, it's just basic. Like, you want to watch what you eat because you want to get back to your pre-pregnancy weight, blah, blah, blah. Don't think about that the first year. Um, focus on your baby because if you're more concerned with that, you're going to start eating less and drinking less. And your body's like, well, well, wait, I'm producing the substance for life to feed your baby. So it's actually going to hold on to more calories and more fat reserves. So it has something to pull from to feed that baby. So just just eat and make good choices and drink lots of water. This is really, really interesting. Um, water, um, you should consume double your weight in ounces. So if you weigh 100, I'm sorry, half, half, half. If you weigh 150 pounds, that'd be 300 ounces of water. That's what I meant. 75 ounces of water. So, you know, if you weigh 180 pounds, you should be consuming 90 ounces of water. So think of that. And if you're nursing, a little bit more than that. So water and water, not, not, not coffee and not Cokes, but water. Um, think about that. All meals should include protein. Um, again, practical stuff here. Um, so if you're sticking to, like, Protein tends to have some, a lot of fat in it, too, and so sometimes we avoid that. So we go to, like, carbs that, and low-cal items and sugar-free items and all these things that say, like, lose weight. We think of that as, like, we're making healthy choices, but the problem is they're not sustaining. So if you look at, like, you know, bread or crackers or those kinds of things, um, they're not high in calories for a reason because they're not going to satiate you. So I guarantee you in, like, an hour you're going to be hungry again. So always add protein, um, you know, for my family, we have, like, peanut butter. We go through, like, three jars a week, I think. Like, peanut butter is crazy on our house. Like, just always add some sort of protein to whatever meal you're consuming. Avoid bad snacking, empty calories. Um, um, bad snacking is what I call it. In other words, like, it's okay to have it every now and then. But um, so if you have a choice in your pantry of, you know, an apple and peanut butter and um, a can full of cookies, both fine. Don't avoid the cookie. But if you're just doing the cookie for your snack, I, in 30 seconds, you're going to be hungry again, right? That's why we eat more and more and more and more, and they taste really good. But the peanut butter and the apple and the um, cheese and yogurt and granola, those kinds of things are going to sustain you more and give your calories going to be what's called fuller. So you think about 100-calorie Coke, like um, those 100 calories are empty is what it's called. Like they have, there's no nutrition in them versus 100 calories of apples and, and peanut butter, is more there's there's vitamins there's minerals there's nutrition in there there's things that your body actually needs to like work throughout the day and do what it needs to do so just just keep that in mind again okay for the cookie but don't make that your like snack four times a day because you're just not going to be full full of calories go for fuller calories um drink water do that um stock your pantry with the right choices um in other words like when you're hungry it's easier to eat the things that are not as good for you um, and give you the energy that you need. So go for, stock your pantry with the right choices. I'm not saying don't buy Cheetos because, I mean, 
I don't really buy Cheetos, but I do buy other things in my house that are just yummy. You know, I still put syrup on my pancakes no matter how many times my friend has told me, like, that's bad for me. I still do it because it's yummy, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't have, like, a bowl full of syrup dipping my whole pancake in it. You know, like, it's just, and again, in good balance. Um, drink mostly water. Um, something interesting that uh, Marshall and I have done is uh, caffeine. Like, I love me some caffeine, especially around 2 o'clock. I just need it. But I've found when I consume a lot of it, um, I don't sleep as well, and the times that I don't drink caffeine, no matter how tired I am, um, I actually sleep better that night. So I can have caffeine coffee in the morning, and at night I'm just more restless, and maybe it's just me, and I'm not doing like triple shot espresso at Starbucks. I used to do like a half calf. So that's just me, but just keep in mind when you drink caffeine, it might not let you settle down as much when it's time to settle down and rest. Um, so. All other things, again, practical, simple. I'm not a nutritionist. However, I have a friend that is, and she um, was wonderful. And a couple of free things. If, if food and what choices to make and what do I eat and how do I do this is an issue, um, she has go to Food Therapy Online. She has a free nutrition letter newsletter that is stocked full of great recipes. She's a mom, too. She works part-time. She's in our life stage. She gets it. Great information. She also has a daily food spiration that she'll email you, and it's great things like, um, you know, a hundred. She has like hundred calorie Thursday or something like ten Oreos is hundred calories, and if you do that every day for a year, that's ten pounds. Like she does some really interesting information. So again, I'm not asking or suggesting or, or asking you guys to be obsessive about your food. I'm actually suggesting you avoid that. But to get someone in your pocket ideas and things in your pantry that allow you to make good decisions. So again, our bodies, can we can be a good steward of them and use them well for that. So anyways, now we're going to move on to, I have some giveaways. Yay! Um, she gave away, there, she has these courses online that you can do. Um, how to travel, dine, and, um, and dine out well. Um, cook quick and lean meals, how to cook cleaner, how to lose weight for good if that's an issue, like, in other words, lifestyle changes. So I have 12 of them. So I'm going to pick 12 names. Or actually, um, Leah, you're going to pick 12 names. And um, she's going to tell me what they are. And then afterwards, come up. I'm going to come in here. Come up, and you can pick which one you want. I don't want to sign you what you want because I want you to get what you want. So we have Alicia Ilian. That's you. Holla. Um, you can get one to come up afterwards. And then, um, or actually here, where did I put them? They're up there. Next name. Beth Shoon. Thank you. Is she here? Yay. Come on over here. Pick out what you want. Brooke Fish. Rachel Summy. Julia Winning. Or Julie. Uh, Laura Krause. Yay. She's my friend. Um, Sunday. Yay. Sunday, did you hear that? I know. I made sure our, our ladies were in there. I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six. Andrea Cole, seven. Is anyone else counting? Seven. Jessica Patting. Patnod. Come on up. Um, have you been counting? Because I haven't been counting. I'm saying we're close. I'm going to go with Emily Robinson. Woohoo! Um, I'm going to go with the last one. And then if I have an extra, we'll do another one. Christy Boyle. Okay. Come on up. Grab what you want. Um, I should do that right there. Okay. Um, do you see him? And then Thanks. you're welcome. Okay. And so with these deals, they're online. So what she's going to do, you're going to go to her website on there, and or you can call her, and she'll get you signed up for your class. And then you, um, and then uh, you. 
it'll be free, and then she emails you a lesson every week, or whenever you're done with lesson one. Okay, great. When you're done with um, lesson one, she'll email you lesson two. So it's just something you read, and it's homework, and it's really easy. So apparently I have two more. Um, so I'm going to pick Joy Blocker. Yay. And I already said Jessica. I already said Christy. Huh? Oh, no more. Just kidding. Um, well, you get what's left, so I apologize. Okay, fabulous. There you go, honey. Okay, okay, moving on. I feel like I'm being boring. Okay, last thing. This is really cool. If nutrition is, again, something that you have questions about, um, Moderation Nation is a program that Hershey's um, Chocolate, <laughs> they put out. I think that's funny. Um, they're trying to make up for all the obesity they've caused. Anyway, um, so uh, it expires October 30th first. So you go to this link that's crazy long. If you can't write it down or can't see it, email me. I'll send it to you. But um, you click there, and you can get a free gift certificate for up to $200 to meet with a nutritionist. Is that how that works? Okay. It, now, there's only 2,000 of them out there. Okay. Okay, just kidding. So, moving on. Um, so, that's not out there anymore. Dollar, day late, dollar short, whatever, how that goes. Okay. So, calories out. So, food, exercise, all that kind of stuff. It's about calories in, calories out. Good calories in, and then we need to expend calories. So, how do we do that? Now, I know full well how hard it is to exercise with our life stage. Like, my definition of exercise um, for our kids looks like going, I worked at the gym, so I just stepped out of my office and worked out, you know, sometimes twice a week, but my goal was four times a week. And so it was easy. I'd go for runs with my husband. I'd, it was just easier. Now you have kids you're lugging everywhere and nap times and nursing times, and you have all these things you're juggling, and then you have to pack, like, the 18 things in your bag to just go to the gym and then unloading. Like, I get it. Like, it's just harder. So a um, couple of very small, this is what I do, what my family does. So, again, just encouragement for you. Um, be active every day for yourself, for for me, it's expending the energy of my son. Oh, my goodness. Um, or And to set a good example. So just be active. And what that looks like, going on walks and swimming and doing at-home DVDs or gardening, racing. I do lots of racing in my household. Laps, laps, laps with my son. It's hilarious. Um, dancing, playing outside, chasing. Do you just crank up the tunes and jam it out with your kids? Like, that's fun. That's fine. Like, redefine your definition of exercise. Exercise is not one hour on the treadmill or 30 minutes on the treadmill followed by 30 minutes of lifting weights or whatever you do or the spin classes. If you can get to the spin classes, you can do your yoga, do it, absolutely. But redefine that because a lot of times as women we think or I know my past was this is what I used to do, like, so I can't do that now, so I'm just not. And, and it's okay to extra. It's good. It gets your endorphins going. It's good for your kids. Like, it's just good. It's good for you. But I get paralyzed by not knowing how or, or my day's not unfolding the way I wanted to because people woke up at certain times or not certain times. It's, you know, just, it's hard. So redefine your definition of exercise. Like, I try to exercise every day. But my exercise that day could have been I was playing baseball with my little boy in the backyard and, you know, we were running to chase the ball. Like, I hit it and then we'd run and try to race to go get it. Like, and that was like a, you know, 30 feet little jog. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just active. I'm moving. I'm not sitting and supervising all day long. It's okay to supervise your kids at times, but, but I'm up with them. So just get active. Um, absolutely encourage you to get your husband involved. Um, you two together have to be on the same page. So um, for us, that looks like when, when our kids were really young, like Callie was like newborn-ish, and I just needed to move because I just felt like I needed to get out, um, I would get up a little bit earlier. 
after being up a lot at night, I get up a little crazy, get up at like 7, and I try to do my 30-minute little DVD, Pilates DVD in my living room. And that meant he was home, and if Callie woke up or Parker woke up, he was on kid duty. So I had 30 minutes, and use, I read my Bible more importantly, but then I'd also get my 30 minutes or my sometimes it was 13 the one little thing was 13 minutes and one was 16 so I get one in but it was something like it was just something so get your husband involved have him support you and you it goes vice versa so for him he wants to exercise too so I make sure he has the opportunity to get out and do that and I don't uh you're getting home later or I'm not like balking at the fact that you know that he's missing family time because he's exercising like we support that that is something we do and it's just it's encouraged and it's okay. So just encourage it. Do do be creative. Um, and I know it can be really, really hard. So I also have some really fun things to give away. Um, where I used to work, Telos, um, kind of kind of still do occasionally. But anyway, they um, donated th- one or uh, 30-day Pilates and yoga pass. So you get free yoga and Pilates for 30 days, which is pretty cool. And so I'm just going to pass the envelope. Take one and pass it around. Um, you have until the 31st, 30th of January, or probably 31st, actually. That's January is 30 or 31 days? Okay, 31st, most likely, um, to use it. So you can activate it whenever. So if right now it just ain't going to fly, November, December, January, whenever. So you just call um, that number and you activate. Say, hey, I want to come in, and you start using my pass, and you have 30 days from that point. So if you want one, take one. If you not, no offense, no big deal. There is a sign-up sheet on the table. It says, like, Telus Fitness Center Studio Pass. If you take one, write your name and your email address just so they can, they're going to get you in their system so when you call and you show up, you can just start. You don't have to, like, paperwork and drama. So um, it is located, thank you, off of the tollway between Spring Valley and Alpha, kind of across the tollway from the Galleria. They do have childcare. It's only open nine to two, um, and it's it's relatively inexpensive. If you're thinking about paying a babysitter, it's cheaper than that. But um, it's not bad. So you get if the if the timing and the, it costs it's two fifty an hour if you buy a prepaid card, which is what I do. Um, and the classes are forty five minutes to an hour long. Like and so that's an hour. They're very reasonable with that. So um, they feed babies. They do bottles. They do net lunches. Like I try to go to one class a week, and it's usually noon, and I bring lunches for my kids, and they feed them, and I pick them up. They're fed. Diapers change, and they pass out in the car, and I lay them down. So they do all that. Some health clubs don't do that kind of stuff, but they do all that. So if you want to now, if that's an issue, it is per child. Well, it's discounted after each child. After like one child will be two fifty, and the next one will be a little bit less, a little bit less. I don't know all that. And on the weekends, you need to make a reservation. Now, if that's an issue, I know it's still money, but um, um, go on Mother's Day out days. Um, maybe hit up your husband's or I'm going to go to a morning class and you're on kid duty. Like, see if you can. If you can, I get it, but it's just something I'm trying to help you out um, to get moving. So that was boring. Moving on. Um, wait, I thought I had one more. I do. I have one more thing. So I'm going to draw two names. Now, this is for people that can't get to the gym. Um, I'm going to draw two names. Julie, Julia Morrison, yay! And you want to know what you're getting, don't you? Betsy Cholik, where's she at? Yay! Okay, this is an at-home Pilates DVD that I do. Tara's done it. Um, Heather's done it. It's wonderful. So, um, enjoy. So, just trying to help you have be creative. Again, so exercise, exercise. It's not meant to be something you're obsessed about. It's not be something that... Um, that it's just something we do. It's a part of your life. Redefine it and move on. So most importantly, how do we um, teach our next generation to have a healthy um, model? How do we model healthy activity 
proper body image and teaching them um, healthy habits. So this is how the practical part of now. How do you teach your family these things? Um, so we're going to go to uh, watch your words. Um, no, I, where are we? I'm sorry. I'm confused. Um, there we go. Okay. Um, family activities are active. Um, some examples of things that I do. Um, that we do. Our fam we do family gifts at Christmas time. Like the bulk of our money goes to an, a, 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 a gift that is family oriented, and then we get like little bitty things for each other. But it's mainly that. And so we try to do active things like Marshall bought soccer goals, which our family soccer is really big, so we can play with those. We want to do bikes some year. Like we do family gifts, birthday gifts. Things that are centered on gift giving from our family, we try to keep them like toys and things that are active and fun. Um, I will say, though, that I did buy a Blu-ray DVD player one year, so it's not really active, but it was kind of a necessity in a way. So I'm also not perfect in that. So um, um, your, your vacations, your activities, the things you do, you walk to the park, you walk to the restaurants, you walk, you just, you're just moving, you're active, and you're out and about. Like It's not something you, you need to make sure your words aren't things that... Um, that's my son doing Pilates. And so he sees me do it. Like, I, again, like, you know, once a week when I do it. But he sees me, so he gets down there and does it with me. It's really funny. So it's a good example for them. Um, so modeling proper body image, though. So hear, hear me say this loud and loud and clear. Um, I don't want you to be obsessed with exercise and obsessed with food. I want you to redefine that. And the point of it is so your body is a good steward for the Lord to use, to serve Him, and to love others. Hear me say that over and over again. Um, I'm not suggesting you go to the gym five times. It's just not going to happen, and that's bad anyways. So, But um, what I am suggesting is you need to watch your words. So if you're calling yourself fat and squishy and, and pointing out and, and you know, you're doing that in front of your kids, don't do it for yourself, but also in front of your kids. And now the message you're teaching them is that those things aren't beautiful. Right, because usually if you're like, oh, I look fat today, it's not like, oh, I look fat today, you know. So like, if your your face is, eh, that's a bad thing. You're you're communicating that's a bad thing, and and on. So don't do that. Um, talking, telling, oh, he's so big, or he's just too small, or he's too fat, or he's too skinny. Like, just don't say those words. Like, he is what he is, and he might be thin, he might be smaller, but don't and like, don't harp on those things, you know, because that's just a message again that's getting ingrained in them. I remember. Um, in junior high, um, the first time I started having issues with body image was because in eighth grade I was in a play of some sort and um, and I was walking past the you know to go get changed for dress rehearsal and a boys um, said there's boys eighth grade boys dumb sitting around and one of the boys said she looks like a whale today to the other boys but I heard it and you remember those like elastic like flowy pants that were real in style I had those on and probably an oversized shirt because that's how I dressed I mean and so from that point on I was concerned with the way I dressed I was concerned with how I looked I was no longer I no longer cared about how I felt it was what I looked like you know and I was an athlete and my parents did a fantastic job about not harping on those things and we are what we are and we ate what we ate like it was great, but that boy made that silly comment under his breath, and it ruined me for the rest of my life. So, um, and I'm sure all of you have heard something like that, and if you haven't, praise God, but we want to try to help our kids in these, um, these formative years of zero to five when they're under our care mostly. We want to try to help them have a healthy body image, so when those comments are made at school, because someone's going to make them, and they're just 
silly, um, that we can say, no, honey, that is not true. Look at how God made you to be strong and you're kind and you're compassionate. And you can then focus on the things that are important. So just we want to form these five years and, and build in them the right body image. So let them see your exercise. It's healthy. It's good. Let them know that you actually do those things. Um, pump them full of the verses we talked about in the beginning. Like those verses, the Sunday is putting out a bunch that you can put on your vitamins and you can, you know, when you're dressing your clo- your kids, telling them, I clothe you, I hope you're clothed in humility and kindness and doing all those things. Like talk about that stuff. Make sure they know that it's more important who they're on the inside than on the outside. Um, and then take care of yourself. You can't hide it, so you have to make peace with it once again. Um, eating stuff is always very tricky with children. Offer good choices. So I'm a big fan of not... Um, not eating it. I don't want it to be a big deal in my house. Like I don't want to eat your plate till it's full or empty, and I don't want to be that way. I just it's food is something we need for energy, and it makes us healthy. And you know, like I just kind of try to have an easygoing attitude about it. So I offer good choices. So if Parker's like, I'm hungry, I need a snack. Do you want your apple? Do you want some pretzels? Do you want grapes or do you want some cheese? Like I let him make a choice, but my offers are things I don't care if he picks whatever. His dinner plate, if I put whatever I put on it, everything on there I'm okay with him eating more of. Does that make sense? So if he has cheese and, you know, if it's hot dog, it's a turkey dog in my house because it's higher in protein, lower in fat. Like I just whatever. And so if he wants three hot dogs, whatever, have three hot dogs. Like I don't care because I'm not concerned. Does that make sense? Now, I still offer treats and we still have, like, yummy things in our house, but it's just not something that's on his plate every meal. It's something that is occasional. So when we do have the popsicle, it's like, woohoo, popsicle. Um, stop when they're full, eat when they're hungry. I don't do the clean clean your plate thing. When they ask for a snack again, I ask for the good. Um, I don't have foods in my house that are a battle. Like if my son loves the Cheetos, who doesn't love Cheetos? I love Cheetos, especially the puffy ones. Like awesome. But I just don't have them in my house on a regular basis. Um, if I buy them, it's a special occasion. Because I guarantee you, when we open the pantry, he's going to see the Cheetos, and that's all he wants are the Cheetos. And he won't eat the other good things. Because who would want to? You know, when you're two and a half. I mean, when you're 29, I don't want to eat the good things either. So I, we had, my dad was in town, bought Cheetos for Parker and the bag, you know. And um, and it's in the pantry, and the kids are napping, and I'm hungry, and I go in there. And what I do, I pull that out, and I ate a ton of them because it was yummy and it's good and there's nothing wrong with that don't avoid foods but it's just not something I have every day in my house does that make sense okay so again the messages don't assess yes please sure I would um, if it was my house I would get rid of all treats for a while I wouldn't buy them they just wouldn't be in the house nothing that is a treat and there will be a tantrum or two right or 20, but endure it for the few days or the weeks. I guarantee you it's, they're going to get over it. So I would take the treat away because what's happening is you're saying you eat you eat this, the bad, they're going to think this is not yummy stuff. I eat the not yummy stuff so I can get the yummier thing. And so I would just take that scenario away and not have the treat in the house and then put on their place. Just like, Mommy didn't get any at the grocery store this time. Maybe next time if you eat your your food we can and so portion this is a great intro for portion so um, a portion for a toddler is a quarter of what you and I eat so think of that like if you eat a cereal bar if they take you know two bites of that that's actually considered a portion for a toddler so they eat the whole thing that's a meal I know I know but that's what that's what my friend that's a nutritionist told me so keep that into perspective. Now, if they're thinner, and I know there's several that have kids that are a little bit thinner, make sure the calories are high. So if it's an apple, put peanut butter on it. 
Um, he can't eat peanut butter, almond butter, or cashew butter. Um, no, can he? No, not of any kind. So cheese is good. Yogurt, buy the like full fat yogurt. I'm sure you probably already do that. Add granola to it. Um, anyone have any other ideas? Yeah. Yeah. For the um, recording, I have to repeat a few things. So just, I'm sure you all heard it. But um, protein shakes are a good way. Adding, um, hiding good things in food. So another um, friend of mine, uh, she'll make like blueberry muffins and those kinds of things, but then she'll like puree spinach in them. I cared you not, you can't taste the spinach. Like corn, like different things, you can add cauliflower, you can sprinkle on, it looks like Parmesan cheese, and add Parmesan cheese, but you can hide some of the good things in there. Um, protein shakes, and then um, Millie was saying that uh, just to stick to your guns if you're going to pull treats away, pull them away. And then you can also make good treats. So protein shakes can be turned into popsicles. I make a popsicle at home, and it's like, it's pudding and um, a little bit of Cool Whip, which is actually not that bad, actually. But and then milk, and then we just freeze them. And so we have a fudge popsicle, but it's like a third of the sugar that I would buy in like the fudge popsicles at school at the the grocery store. So, um, Karen, yeah, I was gonna. That was my next thing. Thank you, Karen. I was gonna suggest like the words you use about food is also very important. So you know, an apple, it's going to make you big and strong and grow and be really tall, like, and be tall, even though you might not really be tall, but it'll be make you big and strong and tall, but, you know, a cookie, it's just yummy and it tastes good. Like, those are the words I use with my, he- my, my husband, <laughs> with, my, <laughs> with my son, because um, Charlie can't really, you know, comprehend yet, but that's what, um, you know, just your words, make sure they're, they're positive about foods. I would, I would probably not use the word junk. I think it's okay. I wouldn't say that. I would just say, you know, this is food that it's just tastes yummy. It it just doesn't. It's not going to help us big and strong. And I know for boys, at least, being big and strong is like a thing. So, were you going to say something? Yeah, one thing that. Um, so, um, great. There's a hallelujahacres.com. Okay, great. It's a Christian website. What's there's a book out there about hiding. Exceptionally delicious. Obviously, that's well known. Should have gotten that as a giveaway. Um, that would have been good. Um, and then we're going to kind of move on just a little bit. Thanks for the input, guys. Um, never limit the good stuff as a rule also in my house. So I have Parker's plate, and if he asks for more strawberries or blueberries or bananas or he never asks for more vegetables, so that's my kids, but whatever. I just, okay, great, sure, that's fine, because I don't care. Like, if he has, his meal is all blueberries and a bite of peanut butter and jelly, I don't, I don't care, because I don't mind what's on his plate, and if he wants more of it, I'll give him more of it. Like, it's just not an issue in my house, as long as he's eating, and the, off, the, the choices are good. If you have a slow eater, a couple of things that I've heard that work well, set a timer, um, and if they finish their meal before five minutes or two minutes or whatever is reasonable, then they get um, something special. And the special can be I get to, you get to sit down and pick any book you want, and Mommy will read it to you as many times as you want. Or and again, you know, like you, I try not to suggest if you eat that, then you get this. It's okay to do that occasionally. Hear me say like. I think Monica the other night did that with my son. If you finish your plate, you get a popsicle. That's fine because it works, but it's just not like you have to eat to get this. Like, you know, like I just don't want that to be every breakfast, lunch, and dinner because that kind of becomes, like you said, a created monster, and it's hard to unfix or undo. Um, and so treats remain treats. If you do it every every night, every day, every meal, obviously it's no longer a treat. Um, treat implies special, different than normal, um, and if it's every day, then it's not. So just keep that in mind. Um, set a timer, follow, follow through with rules. If you say no treat unless you do whatever, then just follow through with it. It's very hard to do. Um, start young um, with your kids. As soon as they're, they're 
pinchers are working and they're doing that, like you just start all these principles. That's how I do it. Um, and you need to model the same principles. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, so if your kids are eating healthy things for lunch, but you're eating um, a Coke and, uh, you know, whatever M&Ms for the day, <laughs> that's not good, probably. <laughs> oh, that was an example of a friend. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, like, feed them good things, but also ingest in yourself. Like, make sure you're the right examples. Uh, and then, big thing, randomly offer treats. Like, randomly do it. We randomly do it in my house. I'm not saying treats are bad at all. I'm saying they need to be treats. And so, like, we get, we're going to the pool, not anymore, but when we were, I'd, you know, usually I'd throw in the good snacks or whatever, and then occasionally I'd also throw in his favorite little car yummy things or, you know, cookies for all of us. Like, I would still do it, and then like, look what mommy has, and then I'm the hero of the day because I have the cookies. So, I'm not suggesting avoid them. I'm suggesting keep them in balance, healthy balance. Um, again, we're trying to model healthy habits. Okay, lastly, um, so we talked about our bodies and be happy and satisfied with them, being good stewards of our bodies and practical things. Now we're going to talk about our body is the enjoyment for our, for the enjoyment of our husband. And I know that's kind of sticky, but um, I'm going to try really, really hard to do this well. Um, I am in love with this book right now. Um, <laughs> Monica thinks that's funny. <laughs> and um, I love this book right now. Um, huh? And apparently JP loves it. I know my husband's loving it. He has no idea, though, um, that he is. But um, that, he, he doesn't know where it's all coming from, but it's coming from this book. Um, love this book. I highly, it's honestly my favorite, like, marital husband-wife book right now um, that I've read yet. Um, and in her book, there's a chapter called The Picture Paints a Thousand Words. So I'm totally stealing all this from her. Um, is she, um, in His Needs, Her Needs, the author talks about men have five basic needs. Um, as we all know, sexual fulfillment. Um, recreational companionship, um, an attractive spouse, we're going to come back to that, domestic support and admiration. Um, an attractive spouse is where we're going to focus in on that, although the rest would be fun too as well. But um, an, an attractive spouse. So um, it's just a, such a hard message to hear because we're saying don't bother with beauty. Inner beauty is what counts and it does. But then we say our husbands want us to be attractive. And that's really hard, so please don't. Don't mix what I'm saying here. Um, don't void out what was said in the beginning of what, what's truly important. Um, what I'm saying here is, is man looks at the outward appearance. That's fact. Um, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, our, our men are visually wired. If you um, look at the, Sue Boland talks about this, if you look at the synopsis of men, whenever they look at something like their brains are going crazy and women's are like not as much. So it, they're just that way. Embrace it. They're visually stimulated. Um, uh, they just are. So they, God wired that way. Don't blame him. Don't get mad at him. I'm speaking to myself because I've done that before. Um, respect it. And so, um, for instance, so my on our honeymoon we went away and uh, you know and I was much different looking than I do now and um, I had the itsy bitsy teeny weeny white bikini and um, and it was cute you know whatever and then five and a half years later two kids the youngest six and a half months not doesn't fit not that I would wear anywhere but with him in Maui but if I were to put it on um, I mean just you know just flat it's just not like. The nursing uh, boobies, it's just bad, like altogether bad, in my opinion. I put that on and I cringe because of things flowing over and and my belly button is like that big now. Like, you know, like I just cringe. But say I were to put that on for my eyes of my husband only, um, <laughs> what did you say? 
hypothetically speaking, if I were, um, he will not see my Dunlap. He is not going to see. He doesn't see that. He looks at me and he's like, whoa, hot mama. Like, literally, I'm a mama and I'm whatever. So it's just like, that's what he sees, right? He, we see all the bad. He sees, this is all, I, I get to indulge in her. Any other woman dressed this way, my eyes should be shut and my mind should be elsewhere. But you, I can indulge in. So he doesn't care, ladies, if that belly is full of a baby out here. He doesn't care if... You know, like he doesn't care what you look like. Um, if he does, then, you know, we'll have him talk to my husband for a little bit. Um, but he shouldn't, like, he he can't indulge. Uh, he shouldn't indulge um, in any other visual stimulation of a female. So you are that for him. And I, I am there. It is hard. I have shed many a tears about the way I look when my clothes are off. I, I'm not comfortable with who I am right now, but I'm learning to embrace it because I can't hide it because my husband is visually stimulated. It's good for him. And frankly, there is freedom when you can let go of what the world says is beautiful and look at yourself. He tells me all the time that I'm more beautiful today than I was when we got married. And I'm... I don't know how many pounds have it, but I'm just different. Like, I just look different, and I can tell you because my wedding dress doesn't fit. So, like, it just is. So, um, and the key is he will look at you as you are in postpartum baby toddler years, and he can say you're beautiful because you're doing those verses. You are gentle, and you're kind, and you're compassionate, you're supportive, you're loving, um, you you speak the words and the love language that he needs to hear. Like he will look at you and say you're beautiful because of all those things. He will look at you and say you're beautiful because you are a woman that is pursuing the Lord and your heart is gorgeous to me. And even though you might not match the models we see in the media, um, whatever, because you're his and he wants to and he can indulge in you. So just know that again, very very sticky, very very hard. Now I also understand there can be. Some serious things that play into being uncomfortable um, with your your figure, like abuse and and um, other things. And so, if that is a part of your story, make sure you're connected to the services that Watermark offers. Someone cares, grief share. What's the other one? Shelter from the storm is a good one for those that have been through sexual abuse. Um, make sure you're you're finding healing in those. Um, and if you're not in a community group, make sure they're there a part of that. So. Just that's all that. Um, so hard. Oh, so this is really cool. So I'm also now going to move on. So um, I love Proverbs 31. Favorite thing ever. A um, couple things that she says. Um, all of her people are clothed in scarlet. Scarlet is a material that is well sought after in those days. Um, she's clothed in fine linen and purple. That's a symbolism of royalty. Um, she selects, which means she doesn't grab. She selects carefully the wool and the flax, and she works with her hands. Like, so she's selective of what she is wearing. Um, so I'm not giving you a license to go shopping. I'm not saying don't go home and say, hey, hubs, I was told to go to the mall and shop. So I'm going to say, I am suggesting, um, if, even if you don't have very much, you can still be attractive and feel quality about the way that you appear. Um, it's about confidence. It is selfish not to, I feel like. So that looks like practically in my house. If I had, like, considering, assuming I haven't been pregnant, um, if I didn't wear something last season, then it just gets donated. 
Um, and like, you know, this winter I'm pulling out my winter, well, it's not winter yet, but I'm pulling out my fall stuff. And if I didn't wear it last fall, or for me two falls ago because I was pregnant last fall, then I'm going to get rid of it. Um, that doesn't mean I get to go now replace I got rid of five shirts, I get five new shirts. That's not what that means at all. That means if it's, we wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. So what I'm suggesting to you is when you purchase things, weed your closet out, get rid of things that you that don't look attractive on you, that don't highlight the parts of you that um, that you're comfortable with highlighting, um, and then buy things that do. Um, so and and you can do it cheaply. Give yourself thirty dollars. Go to Kohl's. They have like five dollar shirts sometimes. Like just go and find things. Like so, what she's saying is is dress you. I know we're uncomfortable with our appearances right now. I get it, I get it, I get it. And I want to wear a t-shirt and jeans every day. And that's fine. And frankly, my husband appreciates that. But um, I, I'm saying also, like, your husbands look at you, right? So they're looking at you. And this is so sticky. But they look at you and they see other women throughout the day and they have to avoid other women that are dressed more um, scantily. Or scandalously. Um, they have to do that. So I don't... Unless it's your husband's thing, you don't have to like dress like that unless it's like, oh, okay. But um, I'm suggesting like just make sure the things you are wearing complement you and, again, make you feel confident because you're going to stand taller and you're going to feel better and then that's going to allow you to love them well. And it's just, you see, like the spiral, you see how this kind of goes. Like just, just make some good choices. And, and I wish women's sizes were not, I wish they were like men's sizes. Like this whole 02468 crud is just retarded like it needs to be like men's sizes where it's the physical size because that implies like zero implies that that's better than a two that's better than a four that's better than a like that's just silly if we care about what numbers on the tag and I wish like I could go shopping with you and I would hide I would just bring you things that look good on you and you would never see the size because I know I've done it like I'm not buying that because I need the next bigger size so I'm not going to get it like that's retarded like if it looks well and fits you well and you know like if it does then um, giggle box over there. If it does, then um, buy it and just make yourself feel good. I think I truly believe it's selfish not to. Um, anyways, hear that I'm saying all of this that beauty is fleeting. You will wrinkle. You will sag. You will have gray hair. Um, some of us earlier than others. <laughs> you will. Um, it's it's going it's going to happen. So if we put all of our time and energy and effort and all this attention into these creams and lotions and all of this then and we aren't focusing on the inner beauty that God God tells us that we are beautiful and we are wonderfully made as we are if we focus more on external and not internal we're going to be 80 years old and all of us saggy and wrinkly and gray-headed and not beautiful our husbands our spouses the people around us family friends are not going to want to be around us because we're grouchy so don't be the grouchy person that's just old and saggy um, be be the old and saggy lady that um is beautiful on the inside and people desire like um, like Judy Wimberly she's not old as Haggy but people desire to be with her she's she's of she's older than us right she's older than us and I want to sit at her feet constantly because of the wisdom that comes out of her mouth and I guarantee you nobody looks at the outside of her they want to be with her because of who she is be that woman be that woman when you're how old she is be that woman that people want to be around because you on the inside is gorgeous um that's all. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me, and I'm also here. Morgan has something to say. Oh, questions. We're going to do questions now, um, and she needs to record them for the recording, so that's that. Anybody have questions? Run, Morgan, run.
please. That would be fantastic. Okay. I have a huge blessing of having both grandparents within 20 minutes, 25 minutes. One within seven minutes. So I'm with my mom, you know, three or four days a week. Mostly just spending time with her. And, um, but my daughter, who is 19 months, has a habit of every time she walks in the house going straight to the pantry. And pretty much whatever she wants in that house, in that pantry, she gets. And that's been a habit because my mom takes care of her. And then, you know, it's like free babysitting. I'm not going to be like complaining, like, Mom, don't do this, don't do this. But it, it's getting really hard when my daughter, when she gets home, she goes straight in the pantry and pulls out, you know, a bag of chips that we had for queso a couple nights ago. And it's like, no, 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 we can't just, you can't expect to get everything you want and just walk in the pantry and get it, you know, but that's what she gets on grandma's end. And But yet, I know from my mom's end, she wants to be grandma. Grandma. And um, I don't know. So how's a gracious way of being respectful and saying, please, just put boundaries there because my sister has a five-year-old and he throws a fit now if he doesn't get what he wants in his own home. Yeah. You know, I would, um, that's really hard. Please, that would be better than me. That would be fantastic. I'm a grandmom, and I have two precious grandkids. And I learned early on, they are not my children. They are my grandchildren. They are my son and daughter-in-law's children. And I go out of my way to make sure I'm doing exactly what they want me to do. And I'll ask real specifically... Um, I won't do something. So I would suggest sitting with your mom and just having that conversation, which may be hard to have, but she loves you. She cares about you. And I would just say to her, Mom, it's really hard for me to have these habits at home when these things are happening. My granddaughter loves to play games. Well, we play games, you know, but I'm not going to feed her something her mom doesn't want her to have. So, you know, encourage your mom. Can you find something else? that makes you the beloved grandmom other than always letting her eat whatever she wants. But they are your children, and I think you have the right to ask that. I was going to suggest that, that like that's a, a privilege to have them at your disposal more often, but because they're in their lives more regularly, they're actually kind of part caretaker in a way, especially if she's babysitting. So thus she needs to follow through with, you know, just like she said. So, yeah. Yeah. Sitting. And it's also really good to, um, when you sit with her and, you know, Mom, thank you so much and, you know, appreciate her for what she does for you. But then you can also say to her, um, I've been struggling. Like, how did you handle, like, I'm having a hard time with this food situation. Like, how did you do that with us kids? And then she'll talk, she'll talk, she'll talk and go, you know what, that would be great. Would you, can you help me with that when she's with you? Can you make sure we're putting more healthier choices in front of her? Because I want to make sure she's getting on on both ends. And it can be delivered that nicely. It doesn't have to be the sit down, you know, thing. Anybody else? I've got a I've got a question actually, Marshall. I'd like to get your perspective Ooh. on this too. But what do you say to the flip side of you know honoring your husband? Because um, what do you do like if your husband buys into what the media says is beautiful? You know, and I know a lot of us probably probably all the women in this room have husbands that have struggled with pornography or do you know currently. And so there's that added pressure of going like, okay, I don't have to compete with that, but I kind of do because I want my husband to be attractive, you know, attracted to me. And so it's like. You don't want to buy into his sin struggle, but at the same time, you want to honor them. So, I don't know, Marshall, if you have any, you know, a, a husband's perspective on that, on just like what, you know, how do, you, how does a woman wrestle with that and, and uh, you know, honor the Lord, but at the same time, like still wanting to be attractive to their husband, even if his position is worldly and somewhat skewed. I don't know. 
You don't have to answer, but I mean. Um, I think that would actually, in my opinion, that fall on the men that he's around. Um, I don't think that you have to cater to his sin struggle. There's work that needs to be done internally in him, so he needs to be around a group of guys that's going to that's going to confront him on these things, and he needs to be actively seeking out accountability and community from those from those folks. Now, don't be a stumbling block for him. You know, don't be so far on the other side that. That that exacerbates the situation, but you know he needs to he needs to be around men that'll help him with that. That's my opinion, anyways. Mm-hmm. Kelly, question or comment? Okay, oh. fantastic. No, we like to record it. It's good. Oh, the mic. Okay, um, I'm shaking because I'm cold and not nervous. So I. That was a great point that Morgan just made. I did not think about it before I was planning on saying this. But um, one thing that's really kicked my butt in that area of um, just like you talked about with our husbands and how to um, allow them to, you know, indulge. Because you are their one indulgence. And two things that have really, um, I don't know, inspired me lately is Beth Moore has a... I just listened to a sermon by Beth Moore the other day, um, and two things that she says, and I don't know, I know I've heard this somewhere before, but that uh, the the way that guys work sometimes, or that they have that Rolodex in their head of, you know, just, I don't know, my husband has described it as he could have seen a movie like years ago, and that'll just flash up and since they're so visual. And when I think about that Rolodex, I'm like, I want to be in that Rolodex, you know, like, I I don't know, that makes it more fun. Like, if I think I want, you know, that thought of me from the other night or when he got home from work or whatever it is, hopefully this, I'm not TMI, but I mean, like, (laughs) I (laughs) no, and I'm very convicted because I I just asked her, so, like, sleeping in his boxers and old T-shirts isn't what the trick is, but um, just being in that Rolodex, so I pop up in his mind at work. I mean, that's really a fun way to think of it, Um, and the other thing is that she said that was pretty convicting is, like, we can teach our husbands not to desire us. Like, you know, I can always change in the bathroom or I can, all, you know, make myself less desirable to him, but we can't stop them from desiring, period. And that just really, oh, that was just a hit because I'm like, you know, if I do things that make him desire me less or I, you know, change over here or I'm not available, that type of thing, um, that doesn't stop his his desire for that. And I want him to be finding that in me and, and not in anyone else. But I don't know. Those two things really changed my perspective of allowing him to see me when I'm like, oh, not my best day. But anyway, that's all. And to reiterate, um, so this is a great question. I'm glad it was brought up. Um, You focus on the things that God finds beautiful, treating him with love and respect and kindness and gentleness, and your words are not sharp, and edify, 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 and then take care of yourself in a reasonable manner. um, And then let, if that is a part of his story, um, let the men around him step up. and, And if he does not have men around them, time to find that and that's hard but but make those steps and then um, it could even be um, suggested because if he might not open or or present that information to the men in his life it might be a good habit for those guys to email you and say hey how are you feeling um, about this topic and and then you have the opportunity to say "Mm, you know I really feel like he's comparing me to whatever yes honey 
Yeah. Thanks. Um, one other thing that I was just thinking of is um, it's very difficult for women, I think, to understand how deeply that struggle runs in pretty much all men. So I think one of the worst things you can do in that situation is think that your husband is weird or abnormal because he's just not. It's like I, it's very difficult, I think, for women to respect just how difficult visual struggles are with men. So bear with him, be patient with him, love him. Um, you know, again, don't you don't necessarily need to cater so, cater to his sin struggles and don't do anything you're not comfortable with. But at the same time, you know, bear with him and don't don't make him feel like he can't come to you. Don't make him feel like he's not safe sharing his struggles with you, etc. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Thanks, honey. Thank you. Next. How about right here? Thanks, Morgan. You're getting your exercise soon. <laughs> I was just going to say something to you, the woman who, because I grew up in a home, and I, I mean, my parents have had a lot of redeeming wonderful things. They've been married for 40 years now, but I grew up in a home where my dad didn't respect my mom in that way, and so... Over the years, my mom had shared some things about that, so I was just going to say, if your husband's that way, I, I think it's critical for you as a woman to have godly women around you supporting you mm-hmm. in that, maybe that area where your husband's falling short, and maybe um, protecting that struggle mm-hmm. with just those godly women around you, because if you share with people in the world, that that's a really an area where Satan can get a stronghold, because he can start, I mean, other people are going to say, well, you don't deserve to be treated that way, and then it becomes... Like and something very problem. negative, mm-hmm. right? So in a, if it's something that you're struggling with together and you're sharing it amongst yourselves with godly people, they can help you through it. And you need support. Yeah. You need your support. It's not, you be. can't do it by yourself either. So. Absolutely. Anyway. Great point. Counsel. Your counsel should be um, of godly people and women. I can't see her name. Rachel. Rachel. Um, I was wondering if you have any input on um, one of the things you were saying is taking some words out of your vocabulary, fat, large, squishy. Um, What if you have, or do you have any ideas on how to protect your kids from um, maybe family that's around that Mm. that's a really common thing in their vocabulary, you know, going to five-year-old dance concert and that girl's a big girl or whatever, you know, um, you know, other influences where that is, the proper body image is. Um, I'll say one thing, then I bet Millie or Jill, you might, have something to say that because you're wiser than I am but um, I would just in advance of those you, you know probably when those situations are going to occur most mm-hmm. likely in advance you're you're pumping them full of you know you are beautiful because God created you like you're filling them with the things you want them to hear mm-hmm. and then on the flip side you're also filling them with things that they want to hear mm-hmm. um, Laura do you want to add to that? Do I need the yeah. mic? Please. Okay. Um, I have a two and a half year old daughter and my mom was looking at pictures with her of when I was little and my mom was younger and my mom said some comment like that's when I used to be skinny and my daughter's only two and a half and she came home and I think three times in course of day said remember when Yaya used to be skinny and it upset me so much especially that she was so quick to pick that up she's only two and a half I think it's the first time she's probably heard the word skinny. And so I just switched and said, that's when Yaya used to be really healthy. I I didn't know what to do, and I hope Millie has some good words on that. But I just switched skinny. It doesn't matter about being skinny. Yaya was healthy, and 
Yaya wants to be healthy again, and here are some ways. Um, that's how I handled that specific instance, and I had to talk with my mom very seriously about that. Um, but kind of switching skinny, taking skinny out and focus on health and growing and the terms that you use. And I would, but, I mean, it's your job to protect your kids, right? Um, Millie, before I go on.